What is good, everybody? Good morning. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. It is Wednesday, and we have an absolutely loaded slate. I think almost every team in the association is in action today. Uh, day before Thanksgiving, obviously, we got Thanksgiving off tomorrow um, with with no games, and then we're back, I think, with a pretty damn loaded slate on Friday. So uh, we got to pick and choose and be smart about what we like. It's honestly a tricky slate. You know, um, there are definitely big Friday slates where I have five, six, seven plays. I don't think it, it gets to that level today, um, but we're, we're going to talk our way through it. Before we do that, though, you know we've got to recap yesterday um, and make sure that, you know, we, we talk about how it went down. We uh, had two plays. We had the Grizz minus one, um, and that did not get there. I, I, you know, it didn't get there, but it's one of those plays that I'll live with, man. Like, I, I liked it. I still like it. I, uh, I would have played it every time, man. It wasn't like one of those ones where I'm just like, uh, on the fence, on the fence. I liked it, man. And it just did not get there. Um, the, the closed at three and a half. So we got some nice CLV. Uh, but the Kings just earned it. And honestly, they almost gave it away too. They almost gave it away too. But that's a spot with a team like the Grizzlies where I, I expected to bounce back. And, you know, for as bad as the, the Kings defense has been, the Grizzlies just couldn't get it going offensively. Honestly, like they had plenty of looks plenty of chances to make their run um, in both the first half and the second half. And then the offense just couldn't string together um, enough buckets. And so we, we take it out there, but we get, uh, we cast Tobias over 20, 28 and a half points, rebounds and assists. And this was, I don't want to call it luck, right? Because he did the work to get there. Um, but this was super improbable. Um, he was at halftime. He had six points and three rebounds. That's nine combined points, rebounds, and assists. So he needed 20 uh, in the second half. And then immediately, like first or second possession of the second half, he goes down with an ankle injury, is out for like five or six minutes uh, of the third quarter. And at that point, he had already play, only played 14 minutes in the first half, which for me, had I known that, I wouldn't have played it, right? Like I had him projected for closer to 35, 36. I knew he was probable, had missed some games with a hip injury, but like, I mean, no one else was there. I was like, all right, lock him in. And so he was on pace for 28 minutes. I was like, oh, God damn it. I just, Tobias Harris, just, I can't get right. Um, and then what do you know? What do you know? He comes in. Basically, after after he comes back in after the ankle injury, he comes in scorching hot, gets there, cashes it pretty sweat free. I mean, we need. he went off in the third, and then he still needed nine more, and he went off again in the fourth, and the Sixers pulled away and went. So it was great to get that. Anytime you go even, I, I'm not tripping. Um, go 59, we're four, 59 and 47 on the year, 8.14 units. Um, and again, huge Wednesday today with a ton of games. I uh, got to be careful, man. Got to be careful. But uh, there's definitely some leans that I want to talk through. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks for being here. I love you all. All right. So I got practice in an hour 20. So we are. We're probably gotta fly. We gotta fly through this. There might be some games that we just kind of gotta gloss over, uh, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. We gotta load it. Like first game of the day: Pacers and the Timberwolves. Uh, Pacers are two and a half, two point dogs at home uh, against the Timberwolves. Both on some winning streaks, man. Timberwolves coming in one four straight. Pacers coming in having won uh, five in a row. But they're similar, and, and actually seven out of eight. But they're similar in that. Um, 
I'm not going to call them, you know, these streaks uh, not impressive or whatever it is, but like, I think I still need to see more from both these teams. With the Timberwolves, you go into Cleveland without Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. Then you go into Orlando without Wendell Carter uh, and Gary Harris. Then you go into Philly without James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. Then you play uh, Miami without Jimmy Butler, um, or I think they did have Bam, uh, but without Jimmy Butler, and I think they're missing. And and without Tyler Hero, right? And they win by four. Not even in Miami, at home, right? So it's like, okay, they're, basically they're scraping out wins against shorthanded teams. And it's like, uh, you know, but Indiana, it's, it's very similar, right? They've had a great month in November. They've only lost once. And the one loss was to Denver, and they were up. Um, but they beat Miami. They beat New Orleans. Again, that Denver one. But uh, Toronto, but Toronto was shorthanded. And to Charlotte, short, Charlotte was shorthanded. Uh, into Houston, Houston was shorthanded, and then they back to back beat the beat the Magic. So it's, you know, it's it's like it's impressive without a doubt. But I I still want to see a little bit more. Regardless, I don't think there's a five point difference between these two teams, man. Like I, if anything, I would make the Timberwolves at most at this point two and a half ish three point favorites, which would make it a pick 'em, right? And that's at most, right? This is implying about a five-point difference between these two teams, and I just don't know that I can get there. Um, you're looking, and the, and the bets are pretty split across the board, um, where you've got, yeah, about 50% of the money on Minnesota, 50% of the money on, on Indiana. And I definitely would look Indiana's way here today. I know Minnesota has won four in a row, but you look at the quality of those wins, like truly, and I haven't necessarily watched them, but in Cleveland without two of their four best players in Orlando, right? And that's without Paolo Bancaro, without Gary Harris, without Wendell Carter, right? That's the bare bones magic team. Um, in Philly, yes, Joel Embiid is there, but everyone else is out, right? Tobias is out, Maxi is out, Harden's out. Um, and they blow a lead late and Philly almost comes back. Um, and then Miami without Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler at home. A four-point win, you know? So it's like, to me, and and Miami was up at half, too. Like So to me, I, I still am not sold on this Minnesota team. I think there's still a lot of things that they've got to work on, and I would look no other than, than Indiana. That's the only way I could play this one. It's the only way I could play this one. Next game, Sixers and Hornets. This is a really tough one because, again, we have a Sixers team that you're still kind of figuring out. And it's on me. You know, I, I know that a great spot is a team down all their players at home as a big dog. And that is exactly <coughs> that is exactly what the Sixers were yesterday against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and first quarters usually hit. Even if the full game doesn't hit, first quarters usually hit. I missed an opportunity. I was just too scared because of how the way the Nets have been playing. Um but, but all that to be said, again, that eventually can only last for so long where the talent starts to catch up to the team. But second game, you know, they're still going to be given great efforts. Uh, it is a back-to-back. -back. And, and the Hornets need a win in a bad way, right? They Again, I, I've been impressed with, with what Clifford has done. Overall, they generally show up. Um, but, but now you have them as a five-point favorite. They've won one game this month. They've won one game this month, and they're five-point favorites at the crib, right? Like... I know they're due, and they probably win this game today. Um, but the Sixers team is going to fight, right? And, and anytime you're down your stars, you, 
everyone else is going to step up. The only reason that I think it's five and not three is it's a back-to-back. Um, it's a back-to-back for Philly where they travel from Philly to Charlotte. So I'm going to stay off this one. I know uh, I'm seeing some of the you know main cappers in the industry that a lot of that are very good cappers um, go to Charlotte today, but uh, I uh, I can't get there. I, I just can't get there myself. Like uh, I think there's still plenty of risk. Um, and if, if this game is a grinded out game, I, I would not be shocked at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is a back to back and the Charlottes are due for a win here soon. So I get it. Next game, Blazers Cavs. Um, I was a little surprised to see this open up at eight and a half and not seven and a half, seven. Um, I'd lean Blazers here for sure. The Blazers are, again, coming in off a bunch of losses, but I've seen enough from Chauncey Billups to feel like, hey, this team more often than not is going to put together a good performance. And if you put together a good performance, uh, generally you're going to not lose by more than eight, right? Um, this defense, despite being pretty limited personnel-wise, generally shows up and puts together a good performance. And so um, I like the Blazers here today. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cavs guy. I like the Cavs. You guys know we've been on the Cavs plenty of times. Um, but, you know, covering these big numbers is another story. But now that being said, this game could be close for a while. And then the Cavs could pull pull away late. I 100% think that's a uh, possible outcome. But they've been on this little homestand now where they you know they struggled. They lost five in a row. Really took their hit licks. And then they're back home. Uh, have won all three games on the homestand. They should probably get home tonight. Um, but eight probably seems a little too high. I'd probably have this seven and a half, uh, seven. Um, I know no Dame, but again, these guys all step up around him. Jeremy Grant elevates himself into a larger role. Anthony Simons elevates himself into a larger role. Josh Hart, Yusuf Nurkic, Shaden Sharp, Justice Winslow. There's plenty of guys here, and they've they've shown, right? Like, they've shown plenty of times now where, I mean, I know last game they were always going to lose, but, you know, they cover in Milwaukee without Dame. Um, they beat Phoenix in Phoenix without Dame. Uh, they've won as a home favorite without Dame, right? Like, they've, they've won plenty of these games without Dame, so – that's where I'm at. I, I do like the Blazers here today. Next game, Nets and Raps. Um, so it's I, I uh, here. You, here's how it is. There's a billion different factors in here, and I'm going to break them all down, and then you can kind of decide where you want to go with this. I think, all things considered, if both teams are just normally rested, I'd have the Nets as three and a half, four-ish points better. Maybe you could push it up to four, four and a half, right? So that on the surface would make this a Nets minus one, minus one and a half line. But you have to factor in a couple things. Um, The Nets played yesterday in Philly. Then you have to travel to another country, go through customs, all that shit. The Raptors lost, lost an overtime game on Saturday. So you set up, you've got this set up for about as bad a travel spot as you can have, right? Like this is a quote, scheduled L for the Nets, right? Back to back for them traveling to another country on the road against a team that is coming off of a loss and got to sit Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So three days off versus a back to back. And I can't tell you how many points that's worth, right? Like, yes, I've been betting and been in the trenches with the sport a lot, but each team responds differently in different spots and so for me i can't tell you uh necessarily where to go here i think i'd probably just take the nets right i i tend to 
lean on the side of back-to-backs being overvalued. But there have been there have been plenty of times where I've done that and a team has looked absolutely gassed. And you're going to see this is like a pretty common theme today where you're getting teams in good spots or with good, quote, numbers, but they're in bad spots. And it's like, all right, how do we weigh that? Um, just like the Sixers. Like the Sixers getting five today. I like, but back-to-back, right? And it's a similar thing here. Nets off of a loss with a, you know, with a line that says they're only a half point better. I know they're better than a half point better. Um, I wonder, can Kyrie even play? I guess he can. I, I know he's not vaxxed. I guess they're just lenient now. But, um, you know, this this uh, this Nets team is, is turning a corner. And again, last night, I, I don't, take a ton from that right like the Sixers that is a Sixers spot you lose all your guys and you come out and you show up and you surprise the 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 other team so uh I'd lean Nets here but again as bad of a travel spot as you can have uh back to back on the road with a facing a team that's very well coached off three days off that'll be ready for this game right absolutely will be ready for this game so it's going to keep me off this next game the Heat and the Wizards Heat are two point favorites and I lean the Heat here for sure it's just tough because I I don't get any joy from watching the Wizards uh, and I don't get any joy from watching the Heat so I don't really watch either of these two teams play and this this lean this you know you know whatever you want to call it is purely based off of what I've known of these teams not necessarily having watched these teams um, the Washington Wizards are 10 and 7 and they've had a really good November one two three four five six seven and three um, but again they're they're another one of these teams where I look and a lot of these wins or scraping by against shorthanded teams where the schedule has done them. I mean, the schedule has worked out in their favor and they're catching a lot of these teams without some of their guys um, or at home or whatever it is, right? Um, but I, I got to lean Miami here, right? These two teams played last Friday um, in in Washington, D.C. The Wizards had Beal. Uh, the Wizards had Kuz. The Wizards had Porzingis. The Wizards had all their main guys besides DeLon Wright. And the Heat had no one. They had seven guys. They had Lowry playing 50 minutes. I, I think Lowry played damn near every, almost every single minute of the game. Max Strews, Nikola Jovich played 30 minutes. Hunter Highsmith played 41 minutes. Caleb Martin played 47 minutes, right? They were extremely shorthanded. And then again, it goes back to the, you know, shorthanded team always shows up. But, um, and they lose by one in overtime. And now you at least have Bam, right? Now you should have Tyler Hero back. Again, Hero is questionable, but anytime you have been out, 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 and then are finally questionable, it would point towards you probably playing. On top of that, Bam should be back. Um, You get a super short number here. This is just a heat spot to me, man. This is a heat spot to me. This is a heat team that's lost. um, What's it called? Let me, how many how many games in a row? They've lost four games in a row. Back at the crib, getting Hero back, Bam's back. This is a team you just lost to last week. They should be able to come out and get this win today. So uh, that's where I'm at. It's sketchy though, right? Like it's sketchy. The Heat are not playing good basketball. They're down bodies for sure. Despite getting Hero back and and you know Bam's been back the last couple games. Struce is out. Uh, Deadman's a game time decision. Gabe Vincent's a game time decision. Jimmy Butler's out. Oladipo's out. Duncan Robinson's out. Right? There's still plenty of guys out for this team. So uh, I'd lean the Heat pretty strongly. I wouldn't be surprised at all if I find myself on them. 
but at this point, I'm, I'm still kind of combing through this. Next game, Mavs and Celtics. Uh, Celtics are four and a half point favorites right now. And to me, that would point to the idea that Jason Tatum is going to be out. Because if Jason Tatum was in or probable, I think this line is closer to five and a half, six. If Jason Tatum's, I mean, this line opened at seven. So that's where it would be if Jason Tatum was in. It's down to four and a half. So I think the books have a pretty, almost all the money coming in on the Celtics. I feel like the books have a pretty good idea that Jason Tatum is going to sit this one out today. Um, or else I think this would be hovering a little bit closer to, to the original line of seven. Um, for me, I, I want to see how the Celtics team looks without Jason Tatum. I think they're a better team. Uh, the Mavs clearly have some some things they're working through. Um, but the Mavs are capable on any given night of beating anybody. Um, and that's just how it is. And the Mavs are, are coming off a loss on Sunday, two days off, where they lose to the shorthanded Nuggets at home. right? So it's a good spot for them to come out focused. And if, if the Celtics aren't able to get any, you know, anyone to step up from Jason Tatum. I could easily see the Mavs winning this one, but I can't bet this one without Jason Tatum. Um, I'd want Jason Tatum in, and then I'd bet the Celtics at four and a half or whatever it is. But again, that line probably, if Jason Tatum trends towards playing, it'll probably trickle that way throughout the day. Um, next game, Hawks and Kings. <sighs> I like the Kings, man. I can't... I. Dude, it, for it's so funny, but it's not funny. It's actually sad. But uh, I came in big, big believer on the Kings. Right, hit their win total, felt good about them, um, and I was on them a lot of games early on in the season, and they sucked. I, they didn't suck. They just didn't. They weren't good enough. Um, and you know, they start 0-4, not covering a lot, and I'm like, all right, fine. I, I get off them a little bit, and then they go on this crazy streak. They've won seven in a row, covered in six out of the last seven. And of course, the one game that I fa- the one game that I bet them. They don't cover of those seven. And then a couple times I faded, they cover. So I, I have apparently no read on the Kings, which sucks because I have loved this team and I believed in them and, and here they are uh, looking good. Uh, but this is a really interesting line because I know this line is only where it is because it's a back-to-back, um, right? And so, uh, you know, the, the Kings are not three, two and a half points worse than the Hawks at this point. At the very worst, you make it a pick them. But again, because it's a back-to-back, because the Hawks are off of a loss, and because the Hawks haven't played since, uh, I mean, it was Monday. They only had one day off in between. But the Hawks are off to, uh, a loss against the Cavs, haven't played in a day, and this is a back-to-back for the Kings. The line is where it is, and it's it's tough because most of the people are on the Kings, right? So it's like Vegas knows they open this up here for a reason. Um, and I don't like backing. I don't like being on trendy dogs, right? Like it's just one of my least favorite spots is underdog because the, the public doesn't want to bet underdogs. I mean, some do, right? Some are going for those big money line wins, but the public doesn't want to bet on the spread with underdogs. They like favorites. They like the team that's quote more likely to win, right? They feel it feels quote safer, even though we know that isn't true. Um, and so anytime a public is getting behind a team, it feels a little bit fishy because the books know what they're doing, man. They're they're setting these lines for a reason. And 70% of the uh, bets have come in on the Kings today, uh, if not more, uh, and depending on where you look. So it would be a King spot for me, but but there's a couple reasons, right? One, that trendy dog thing. Um, but two, like, yes, the Kings looked good on the road yesterday, but it is so hard to consistently win on the road. It is one thing to do it at home. It is a completely different thing to do it on the road. Um, and on top of that, the defense hasn't been good, right? They've gotten there with an insane elite 
offense. And so when you do that and you're facing a team like the Hawks who have a good offense, who have Trey, who can create um, and get a team going, it just makes it tricky. It makes it tricky, man. So I would lean Kings just based off the basketball. It's another one of these plays where it's like you're getting a great number based off of the travel. And you're just kind of gambling with with the with the travel spot and and what you think matters most. And and are are you higher or lower than what the books think the travels were? I promise you, if this isn't a back to back, man, this probably is at most at four. Really, truly. And I even think that is a little silly. Like I I know I'm a little bit uh biased because the Hawks burned us um when we had a minus five at the crib. Um, but still, man, like this is not a elite team at this moment. They're still working through a lot of things. Next game, Nuggets and Thunder. Uh, uh, again, man, another spot where this line is probably only where it's at because of a back-to-back. I mean, the Nuggets were just in uh, OKC a couple weeks ago uh, as six-point favorites, and now they're three, right? Um and, and there's multiple sides of this. One, Denver's off of a gross loss. Like, you, you you get Nikola back, you get Jamal back, and you lose at home to the Detroit Pistons, who are low-key grinding out some good performances. I don't know how. I mean, I do know how, but I also don't know how. Um, and so you have ultimate motivation for them, right? But at the same time, it's a back-to-back, and Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, again, we're just sitting in their rooms for a while. They, they, I know Yoke got a Peloton, but it's not the same as playing in these games. And so you already got them tired yesterday. You you clearly see they weren't themselves. If they were, they probably win that game. Um, and now you get them on a back-to-back, right? So it, on top of that, the Thunder have had a little bit more time off. I believe they last played Sunday, um, and they lost, or it might have been Saturday, and they lost to the Grizzlies. Um, and so they're off of a loss, too. You have so many confounding factors here, right, where it's the Nuggets off of a gross loss going to be focused today. But you also have the Thunder off of two straight losses with way more rest. And uh, the Nuggets are on a back-to-back with Nikola and Jamal already, you know, not being in peak conditioning shape. So uh, it's a really tough cap. I'm going to stay off this one. I'd probably take the Nuggets at a short number and just, um, you know, trust Jokic and trust the, quote, better team off of a loss at a short number. Um, but this is should be a dogfight, right? Like the Thunder are not going to go down easily. Um, and if you told me the Thunder won or, or lost this by a, a one possession, I, I wouldn't call you crazy. I, I just wouldn't call you crazy. Next game, Bulls and Bucks. This is going to be a stay away for me, six and a half. Um, I know what I'm getting in the Bucks, right? They have an elite defense, and that's going to keep them in most games. And then, then shit, if the, if the offense gets going too, right, they can blow out anyone. But the Bulls, they've looked really bad in November. Uh, but the last game they played against the Celtics, I couldn't watch it. Um, but they take care of business at home, right? But, 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 but before that, before that, let's look at this. Before this Celtics game where they win by 14 at the crib against a very good Celtics team. At home against the Pelicans, L. At home against Denver with four days off, Denver on a back-to-back, L. Go to New Orleans, right? Immediate revenge spot without Zion, 14-point L. Host the Orlando Magic, L. Right? So you have four games of them not being good. You have one game, the most recent game, of them being good. I didn't watch it. 
I don't know if they've clicked. I don't know if they've turned a corner or if that was just, you know, hey, we, we great motivation spot. We pull a win out. I don't know if that win is a sustainable one, right? I just don't because I didn't watch it. I would lean Bucks here. I think they're better than three and a half points than the Bulls. If we've seen what if if the Bulls are even somewhat close to what they've shown the past two three weeks, the Bucks are better than three and a half points. Better, they're just they are. But who knows? Maybe that that uh that last game fired something up within the Bulls. And and this is for for as bad as the Bulls have been, this is low key a spot where they've been decent, right? They've been decent in this five-ish to eight-ish range against really good teams, whether it be on the road or at home. Where they've struggled is these pickums, right, or these favorite spots. But when they when they have been a dog against a really good team, they generally show up. So for me, I'm staying off this one. I'd lean Bucks here, but it's nothing crazy. Next game, Pelicans and Spurs. Um, I lean the Spurs here today. I, I do. Um, this is a, again, they're seven point dogs. That implies about a 10 point difference. I believe Jakob Pertle is questionable, which is big, man, which is big. But, uh, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson should be back and ready to go. And I think this is just a bet on, um, the Spurs giving a better performance, right? It's been, it's been really ugly. They had a West coast road trip, uh, that was really, really ugly. They got waxed all around. They were, they were blown out in every single game besides one. Um, they go to Golden State, get blown out by 37. Go into Portland on a back-to-back and actually hang around. Um, they were up at some points in the fourth, end up losing by seven, but they were hanging around, right? Then they go into SAC, get eight, lose by 18. Go into LA, lose by 23 uh, and then to the Clippers, and then lose by uh, 30 to the Lakers. So it's been terrible lately, right? But that's generally where you want to buy. Again, it is never as bad as it seems, and it's never as good as, it, good as it seems. And now you've had two days off after a brutal road trip where you can kind of refocus, recenter back at the crib and give a good performance. And if the Spurs give a good performance, they should be able to uh, keep this one relatively close, right? The Pelicans, on paper, they look like they've, okay, they've they figured it out because they were struggling, right? Early in November, they struggled. But... Um, They've won four out of their last five, but let you again, you look at the four wins at home against Houston, right? I'm not taking anything from that. And Houston was winning in the second half for certain points at home against Memphis, where we were actually on them in that game. Um, they won by 11, um, but Memphis was in it. Memphis was in it. They just pulled away late. Chicago, Chicago was playing terrible basketball. Then at home against Boston, they lose. And then they beat the Golden State Warriors without Steph, Wiggins, Clay. Dre, right? So none of these wins, the Memphis win is cool, right? But none of these wins are like, all right, this team is back, right? They've all been against subpar teams and you can only beat who's in front of you for sure, right? But they had a chance against Boston and, and they lost by eight. So for me, if, especially if Jakob's in, but even if Jakob's out and this line gets bumped up a little bit, I think you're going to get a competitive performance from the Spurs and the Pelicans have not shown enough for me to like, if you're a seven point favorite on the road, you, you know, you're really, you should be a really good team or that team's just down bad. And yes, the Spurs are low key down bad, but um, you know, we've backed this team plenty of times at the crib as a dog and they've shown up. So for me, that is a pretty strong lean here. I'd, I'd lean the Spurs here I, again. You, you've got a Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jakob Pertl, Trey Jones, Jeremy Sohan, Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson. There's plenty of guys there. This is not a terrible team. 
It's not a good team, but they're a, a sufficient team. This is a team that can give you a good performance. You're back at home after two days off, after just getting waxed on a road trip. This is a spot where you show up, right? It should be a spot where you show up. I like them plus the seven here today. Um, next game, Jazz and Pistons. Uh, I don't know how the Pistons keep doing it, man. They just keep showing up. And they'll, they've, they've gotten blown out in some of these games. But um, in a lot of them, they show up. And uh, they're at least competitive. I mean, you saw it last night. All right. Um, I It is a good spot for the Jazz, right? You're off a loss against the Clippers back home where you play a lot better. But, dude, I mean, I'm not going to argue that this should be 12 and a half, right? Like 11 and a half, the books have their have their butts covered. And honestly, at this point, I'd probably lean Pistons. They continue to show up. They continue to grind games out. They continue to, you know, at least be in the game um, despite not having, you know, the, the best talent. I'd look at Bojan props, right? He's back at home in Utah. I'm sure he'll want to show show out for them. Um, and we'll get to props in a sec. But that's where I'm at. It'd be Pistons or nothing for me. Last game, Lakers or Lakers, Warriors and Clippers. Uh, Warriors nine point favorites today. I I couldn't recommend the Warriors. Uh, I wanted them early, um, and I think there was six. But once Kawhi got ruled out, it got popped out to nine. I would probably lean Clippers today again. Any team that has is down some of their guys usually comes out focused. This is a good Clippers focused spot. But at the same time, I, I really do think the Warriors are turning a corner. Obviously, you get blasted last game um, after you sit all their guys, but like. When everyone's been healthy, they've been a lot better this last week or so, these last two weeks. And so I expect them to continue to slightly improve. Um, regardless, though, nine is a lot. I, I, It's Clippers or nothing here for me. Clippers or nothing. So let's go through the spreads. We'll go through our leans. Um, Pacers, uh, medium to strong lean. Uh, Sixers, Hornets, no lean either way. Blazers, Cavs, baby lean the Blazers at plus eight and a half. Baby lean the Nets at plus two and a half. Medium to strong lean on the Heat minus two. Celtics, you can't really know what, what's going on until you hear what's up with JT. Kings, baby lean plus five and a half, but spot feels weird. Nuggets, baby lean at minus three. Baby lean bucks minus six and a half. Medium to strong lean Spurs. Baby lean Pistons plus 11 and a half. Baby lean Clippers plus nine. All right, let's... Let's go to some props. All right, so props, let's get into them. Um, there are a couple, um, you know, my book doesn't have every prop up, but we'll do our best. Uh, one prop that stands out to me is Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, I hope you guys remember, started last week, uh, his point prop was 17 and a half, 18 and a half, PRA 24 and a half, and I was like, hey, that's low without Cade. Um, and now we've seen PRA up to 26 and a half, you know, from 24 and a half. Um, and points prop is generally around 19 and a half now. So it's been up. Uh, but that being said, I still like it. I, I like uh, PRA over 26 and a half today, minus 118. He's back in Utah where he played for quite a long time. Um, and, and this is just a guy they go to very, very often. Last game, 22, 9 and 4. Game before, 21, 3 and 2. 26 and 5. 26, 3 and 3. 18, 5 and 5. 28, 6 and 4. 25, 5 and 3. So. I mean, since Cade's gone down, he's hit that four out of six times. And the two times he doesn't hit it, it's right there on the edge. Um, Bojan's the way I'd look. If you want to go points, that's cool too. I just like PRA because I feel like it gives you 
a little bit more of a safety net, right? If they have a bad shooting night but still have high volume and they're just below whatever the points prop is but do their job on the boards or or get a couple helpers, uh, you can still get there. But the points make a lot of sense to me too. Um, So I I like that for sure. Um, Blazers, Cavs. um, I like Yusuf Nurkic uh, over 25 and a half. Um, he's a guy that's very hit or miss and he, and he very much could get into foul trouble and then you're screwed. Um, but he's finally, I feel like back fully from, from the, uh, from the injury. He had 16, 10 and three last game. Um, and he's a guy who absolutely can fill it up stats wise, even the game before that 18, seven and two. Um, so both would have cashed that number in both of these last games. Uh, you're facing a Cavs team that has a ton, uh, you know, Twin Towers and Jared Allen and Mobley. Um, so he's going to be needed down there with his size. Um, it's just going to be a matter of staying out of foul trouble. But I, I really like over 25 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for Yusuf Nurkic. Um, again, the minutes have been trending back up, right? He came back, played 15 minutes, then played 25 minutes, then played 27 minutes. And then last game, he saw 31 minutes. So um, I think without Dame, who knows? You, that, that's the thing, though. You never know. They could go to Eubanks. It's a, it's a risky bet. And Yusuf Nurkic is a very high-variance player, but that is a spot that I like. Um, with the Atlanta Hawks, man, I mean, you're not going to get a ton of value here, but I like Trey Young over 41.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Um, on the year, what's he at? What's he at on the year? I mean, even last game, right? Slow-paced game against Cleveland. He goes for 25-2-10. and 10. That's 37. That's not there. But, like, the, the Kings play at such a fast pace. I feel like more often than not, he gets there today. Um, uh, you know, you could also go to Jante Murray over 34 and a half, but that's a spot I like. Um, Sixers, man, like, I, I like Toby, right? We, we got him at 28 and a half last night. It's 31 and a half on a back-to-back today. So, um, I don't hate that. It is bumped up, right? So we have lost some value, but I absolutely don't hate that. Um, Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons has been balling for them. I could uh, I could be convinced to be on him, but we don't have any props out for him yet. Um, I think there's probably going to be some value in uh, with the Clippers today. No PG, no Kawhi. Who soaks all that up? Um I think Morris and Reggie very well could, um, but it's not like enough for me yet to to go on it. But I I don't hate Reggie over 23 and a half or or Marcus Morris over 23 and a half. The Warriors still working on that defense, man. Um, And someone will have a good game for the Clippers today. I just don't know who it is. Yeah, guys, it's tough. A lot of these props aren't up yet. Um, But to me, I'm waiting. I'm really thinking long and hard about that Bojan prop. I think that one makes the most sense. And then you guys know where I'm at with the spreads, man. I just got to narrow it down and figure out what makes the most sense to me. But uh, I love you guys. It's a massive slate. Thanksgiving tomorrow. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your day off. Enjoy your time with your family, with your friends. I love you all. Thanks for spending some time with me. Good luck to whatever you play today. It's a it's a pivotal Wednesday, man. You're smack dab in the middle, and it kind of sets the tone and vibe for how that rest of the week goes. So, um Huge slate today. Make sure that you're picking out just what you love, the right spots, the right angles, and uh, we'll be back with you Friday morning. I love you all. Best of luck. Peace.